are we as Christians who meet on Sunday breaking the Sabbath? And so a very good question. And so to look at this uh, topic, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11. If you don't have your Bibles, no problem. We're going to have the verses uh, up on the screen. Now, Exodus 20, the first 17 verses of Exodus 20, is the Ten Commandments. And right in about the middle of that list of commandments, commandment number four, is uh, verse 8 to 11. It's talking about the Sabbath, and it's probably the clearest command that we have in Scripture regarding Sabbath. Okay, so here it is. This is what it says. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Okay, and so that's where we get the commandment for Sabbath observance. And uh, we're just going to get right into it this morning. I'm going to share with you seven points um, about Sabbath observance. Okay, so seven points. You may have a a handout with you um, with with, uh, the seven points there. If you don't have one, there might be some extra uh, in the back. Or you could just listen, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so seven points. Number one, we're just going to get right into it, okay? So the first verse says, remember the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day. The Sabbath is for remembering, okay? It's for remembering. Maybe you're like me. I'm notorious for forgetting things. I mean, when it comes to like dates, birthdays, and anniversaries, I need to write it down because I'll forget, right? But now I know, like, when it comes to my family stuff, like our kids' birthdays, um, okay, I I know those. My anniversary, I know that it's on August 27th. The reason why I know it's on August 27th is because in one year, I thought it was August 28th. And uh, (laughs) I was sharply yet graciously reprimanded for that one. And so from then on, (laughs) okay, 27, right? So... Right? But as humans, we have a tendency of forgetting. We forget things so easily. And the people of God were not any different. They forgot things very easily. And so God instituted certain things to do in order to remember. Okay? That is why God instituted the feasts. So that the people of God would remember what God did for them. Right? That's why when we find in the Old Testament, there's all those feasts and all the things that they had to do, how to prepare the meals and, and so on, right? The Passover meal is so that they would remember, not forget. That's why God told the people of Israel to, to put tassels on the corners of their garments, to remind them of the commandments that God gave them. Because as people, we have a tendency to forget, Right? And so the Sabbath is a time for remembering, remembering. Number two, the Sabbath, okay, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it 
holy. The Sabbath day is to be set apart. Okay, it's to be set apart. Exodus 20 verse 8 says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The word holy means set apart. To set aside as special. That's what it means. Now if we jump ahead to verse 10 in uh, Exodus 20, it says what we are to set it apart for. Okay, it says we are to keep the Sabbath and set it apart to the Lord your God. Okay, in other words, the Sabbath is a day set apart with a purpose. It's not a day to just chill. Now here's the thing, okay, I, we need to rest. We need to chill. We, it, it's good to have a time to relax, Okay, so that's not what I'm saying. We shouldn't relax. Of course we should. I mean, look what happened to my legs, man. I should have rested. Now I can't walk. That's terrible, right? You need, you need to rest. We need to rest, okay? But the Sabbath is far greater than just a day of just aimless resting, okay? The Sabbath is a day of rest with a pinpoint vision to God. It's set apart for God. That's what the Sabbath is for. More on that later. Number three, the Sabbath is one out of every seven. One out of every seven. Okay, verse 9 and 10 says this. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Okay, there's a pattern that is being set out here. Work six, rest one. Work six, rest one. If you notice in this command, it doesn't say the Sabbath should be on a particular day. I, I, for example, the first day or the last day. It says on the sixth or six days you shall labor and on the seventh day rest. So a pattern is being laid out here. Work six, rest one. Okay. And that one day is the Sabbath day to the Lord. Number four. Number four, don't cheat the Sabbath. Okay, don't cheat the Sabbath. Verse 10 and 11 says, On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. Okay, what this is saying is don't try and cheat the Sabbath command by getting work done through others. Okay, so in those days it's like, the owner of servants or slaves would just rest and tell their servants to keep doing their work. Well, that's not really resting. That's extending work through others. That's what was happening. And so God's saying, no, 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 no. Complete rest. Complete rest. Cheating the command is by letting others work through you. Now, ultimately, this command, it could reveal the person's heart. Okay? If they're not really resting, if they're working through others, it really could be a revelation of what's inside that person's heart. A person who feels they cannot take a Sabbath rest or refuse the need for a Sabbath rest might be someone who doesn't trust God as their source. Okay? Now, notice I said might be, okay, might be. It's not always the case, okay, because um, there's different scenarios. I used to work in construction 
a few years ago. And there's times where I'm called in, called into work. And because I'm called into work over time, there'll be times where I'll work seven days a week. Not all the time, but there's some times that that happens. Now, there are others who are on call or whatever the you know, structure might be, but they, call, they get called into work and they have to work on the Sabbath day. Uh, I'm not talking about that. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is self-sufficiency. The mindset that says, if I don't work, nothing will get done and I will suffer for it. God is the one that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Okay, God is the one. He is our source of all we do and who we are. The Bible says, it is in him that we live and move and have our being. Our livelihood doesn't come from our work. It comes from God's work through our lives. And so when we take a Sabbath day to rest, to focus on God, we realize the truth that God is our source more. Okay, that is why God says, don't cheat the Sabbath. Don't try to extend your work. Trying to get things done sideways. Listen, I am your source. Take a day, focus on me, and you'll see that more. Okay, and so point number four, uh, don't cheat the Sabbath. Number five, God rested. God rested. Now in verse 11, it says this, for in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. You know, I look at this and I'm like, You know, we're talking about God here. God, who created the universe, everything in it, just by speaking. He spoke, things came into being. We're talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who led the people out of Egypt into the promised land with his mighty hand and outstretched arm. We're talking about God who fought the battles for Israel. We're talking about God who humbled himself, came down in the form of a man to die for our sin, only to rise again from the dead, defeating the power of sin and death. We're talking about God. That God rested. Listen, God doesn't need to rest. God doesn't need a breather. He doesn't need to catch up. Like we do. And so when it says God rested, it's not because he needed to rest. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 to 3. This is what it says there. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Okay, so Genesis chapter 2, 2 to 3, it sounds very much like the Exodus 20, um, where it says God rested. Sounds very much like that. But if we flip back a page to chapter 1, Genesis 1, 31, we get a better idea of what it means that God rested. Okay, so Genesis 1, 31 says this, And God saw everything that he made, And behold, 
It was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. On the sixth day of creation, God looked back at everything he made and said it was very good. And then he rested the next day. The reason why God rested is this. Okay? God rested in his delight over his creation. Perhaps you know what that's like. Maybe, you're, maybe you've had <clears throat> like a dinner planned where all these guests are going to come to your home. Let's just say Thanksgiving dinner because, man, it, that dinner is quite a dinner, right? There's a lot to think about, a lot to plan. Turkey takes all day to cook, right? And, and so you take six hours to prepare a lovely meal. You get the house clean. You, you, you know, the table has to be nice. You think about, okay, what, what you know, plates and cutlery. You got to think about all that. Side dishes, maybe even some desserts, right? Coffee, tea. Oh, you think about all this. You prepare it all. And it takes six hours of work. And then at the seventh hour, your guests arrive. They sit down and they start to eat the meal. And in that moment, you just look and say, wow, it is very good. The people are enjoying their meal. And all of a sudden, you rest in the delight of witnessing your work, what it has done. And you say, it's very good. You rest in beholding the work that you did. Perhaps you're an artist, a painter. Maybe you've sculpted or, you know, knit something. And, And it takes you a long time to do this project. Sometimes years, some things. And after all that time, working, let's say you're painting, you, you work out the colors and all of a sudden, it's finished. And you just take a step back and say, ah, it's very good. You rest in the delight of your work. That's what God did. That's what he did. That is God's resting. Not just this and aimless. (laughs) God rested in his beholding of what he created. That's what it means that God rested. For us, Observing the Sabbath is resting in the delight of being God's child. Resting in the delight of knowing that we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It's resting in God's presence in our lives. And resting in knowing that God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Number six, God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God blessed the Sabbath day. There is a blessing that comes from the Sabbath day. Okay? 
And this blessing is for us. As we keep the Sabbath to the Lord, there is a blessing in that. And then it says, God made it holy. The blessing of the Sabbath comes as we set it apart for God. Now, the unfortunate thing with the Sabbath is that over the years, over the centuries, the Sabbath has become a time to think about what not to do. All these rules and guidelines of what not to do. Oh, if I lift a finger on a Sabbath, oh, I just broke the Sabbath. If I do this, I just broke the Sabbath. And so the Sabbath didn't become a day to look forward to. It became a day you couldn't wait until it was over. That's what happened. And Jesus, what he did, he came to set everything back. He came to set it right. If you look at Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Matthew chapter 12. Excuse me. Verses 1 to 8 says this. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? And those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. As you see, the Pharisees turned the Sabbath day into a day of rules. What not to do. What not to observe or what not to eat, drink. All these things. Jesus comes and he makes it about himself. Jesus says, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is about him. It's about Jesus. And so number seven, for Christians, the Sabbath is about Jesus. It is a day we focus on him. Now to the question of which day should be set apart for Jesus... In the New Testament, actually, the early church met on Sunday. They met on Sunday. Acts chapter 20, verse 7 says this. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, okay, on the first day of the week, when we were taking communion, When we gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. It also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, 
on the first day of every week. Okay, Paul's talking to the church in Corinth. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he, as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. He's talking about offering on the first day of the week. Now, the first day of the week is Sunday. So from very early on, the day to meet was changed from Saturday to Sunday. The reason for this is because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday, on the first day of the week. If you look at John chapter 20, verse 1, it says this. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Jesus rose from the dead on a Sunday. Ever since, Christians have been meeting on Sunday. So with that said, what is the Sabbath? How do Christians observe it? And are you breaking the Sabbath if we do not observe it on Saturday? The answer, the Sabbath is a day to remember. To remember that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It is a day to focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. When we do that, we receive a blessing from the Lord. And the blessing we receive is God himself. God in our lives. It's the greatest blessing ever. Finally, when Christians meet on Sunday, we are not breaking the Sabbath as long as we're keeping it to the Lord. So what about those who do not, who do meet on Saturdays? Because there are churches that hold Saturday evening Sabbath services, okay? Or, or there are churches that meet Sunday in the morning and Sunday in the evening to keep the whole day focused on the Lord. Then there's other churches that meet just once in the morning, but they meet throughout the week. Are we all right or are we some of us right or what's the deal here? Romans 14 verse 5 says this. <clears throat> One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Wow. Paul just makes it pretty clear there. Some people wanted it, thought it should be this day. Others said all days should be alike. This was a, an issue even from early on, from the early church. Paul didn't seem to worry about it that much, though. He says, whatever you're convinced of, observe it that way. Each one should be fully convinced in their own mind. So for churches who meet on Saturday evenings, awesome! Hallelujah! Focus on Jesus not on the rules of what to do, what not to do, what to sing, what not to sing, what to eat, what not to eat. No, no, no. Focus on Jesus. 
So for churches who meet Sunday morning, two services in the morning, evening service, 6 p.m., they want to keep the whole day to the Lord. Hallelujah. Focus on Jesus. That's what it's for. For churches that meet once in the morning on Sunday, but then they meet Tuesday morning, Wednesday evening, and then on other evenings throughout the week with their small groups, prayer groups. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That is what it's all about. That's what the Sabbath is all about. A day set aside so that we can focus on God. So church, may you all rest in the delight that God loves you. In the delight that God is with you always. Set aside a time for him. When you do, when we set aside this time, just as we are today, gathering together, singing together, lifting up the name of Jesus, saying, you are my all in all, Jesus, together, corporately. How beautiful is that? There is a blessing that comes, delighting in the very presence of God. There's nothing greater in this life than that. We receive the blessing of God himself in our lives. I love the Westminster Catechism. I love that first uh, line. What is it called? Verse? Line? Statement? The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. As we glorify God, as we come together, set apart a day to the Lord, there is an enjoyment that comes in our spirit, pure joy, absolute pleasure. All of a sudden, all of our, trying to find a word here, affections, as they focus on God, the greatest blessing comes. We find rest, deep rest in our souls. That's what the Sabbath is for, to rest in God and to receive him and enjoy him forever. Let's pray. God, we thank you. You are good. Your love endures forever. Your steadfast love is never ending. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your steadfast love toward those who fear you, who look to you, who set aside their lives for you. Holy God, we come before you this day. We set it apart and look to you. And Jesus, as we gaze upon you, all of a sudden, the worries, 
and anxieties of life. All the things that we feel need to get done, but it just seems like it will never get done. All of the problems and issues that seem to crowd us from all around, they suddenly melt like wax. As we come and understand that you are God, that you are with us, and if God is for us, who could be against us? May we rest in you, knowing that it is in you we live and move and have our being. You are good, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Uh, we're a bit early. Sorry. <laughs> but God bless you. Have a wonderful Sabbath day. <laughs>